Welcome to Which Came First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we grab some D6s and ignore our better judgment in Don't Go In There. Next up, we are long ago architects building ancient Greece one hex at a time in Acropolis. And lastly, we dodge rodents while digging for treasure in Pirates. I'm your host, Celeste DeAngelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hi, let's play a game. And Mike Grenier. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> or they won't. <laughs> Our first game up this week is Don't Go In There, designed by Jeff Chin and Andrew Nerger, published by Road to Infamy Games. In 2022, number of players, 2 to 5, ages 14 and up, playtime, 25 to 35 minutes. All right, Mike, what's in the box? The cover of the box is a spooky, gray, decrepit house with windows illuminating its haunted residence, such as ghosts, ravens, zombies, and even the iconic black cat. Inside, we find a dice tower box, pretty cool, eight glow-in-the-dark ghost dice, Three room boards, 46 unique ghost tokens, a planchette, five player screens, 96 cursed cards, 25 wooden meeples, and for the Kickstarter limited edition, it adds on 45 more cursed cards and a wooden planchette. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if we had a goat, if this game has a ghost of a chance, (laughs) Evan, scare up some rolls. All right, don't go in there, is a worker placement and push-your-luck game where you play as a meddling kid wandering too far into into a creepy haunted house. And now you've accidentally awoken an evil presence in that house. Oops. Undo the curse to escape with your sanity or forever be haunted. On your turn, choose a part of the haunted house to explore by placing a meeple on one of the three rooms. Each room has five placement spaces. The deeper you go into a room, the more likely you are to get the cursed item you desire. But be careful. The further you go, the more ghosts will haunt you. When three meeples have been placed into a room, the ghost dice are rolled in that nice dice tower that Mike was describing. (laughs) Depending on the result, the placement of the meeples, players will gain ghost tokens. Next players will take cards from the room, depending on their meeples position. At the end of the game, The player with the most ghost tokens is haunted and they gain curses equal to the number of ghosts they've collected. So just be have the second most or lower (laughs) amount of ghost tokens and you're fine. If you get the most. Yeah, you get cursed pretty badly. Oh, my gosh. Then you add up your curses from your ghost and your item cards. Player with the fewest curses wins and gets to boldly and pronounce proudly. Ha, I went in there. (laughs) Don't go in there. Oh, boy. Whoever does that? Who comes out of a haunted house and is like, I went in there. They all tell stories. You're right? You're right? I went in that house. It was so scary. You know, no, those, no, those are the people that didn't go in. Yeah. And they're making up stories. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so we, we played this on Board Game Arena. It sounds like uh, a bummer because they have glow in the dark oh, dice. I yeah. know. And a dice, yeah, the box ta- and the box. dice tower. I yeah. know. Definitely one of those games that, yeah, you can play it on BGA, but you might want to pick it up, you know, mm-hmm. analog as well. Yeah. Those features. Yeah. 
Yeah, because the art looks good too, guys. What did you think of the art and uh, layout in BGA? I felt like it had like a little Wednesday Adams vibe to it, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of like dark and spooky, but also kind of tongue in cheek and comic. I thought it was really nice. Yeah, it was a nice combination of being, you know, a little toss of humor, but it definitely got the spookiness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the artwork itself on each of the rooms, it's neat how they drew them because as you're further back with your flashlight, Okay, you see more like illuminated, less creepy things. But as you descend into the room, it gets darker and more haunted as you go. It was a nice blend of light to dark. Yeah, it, it totally integrates in it because like one of the cards is like going up a spooky staircase. And at the bottom of the stairs, it's brightly lit. And at the top, you don't know what's up there. So that's where the spooky stuff is. All the cards are like have a clever way of integrating that like that. Don't go in there, man. Don't go exactly. in there. Yeah, Dude, I want to put, feel. I want to take a microphone, like a little tiny microphone and use my voice changing app, put it inside the dice tower so that when uh-huh. you roll the dice, it <laughs> echoes kind of like, oh. dunk, 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 like something's coming down the stairs, dunk, play dunk, it in like a dark room with the glowing dice. Oh my God, this game would be cool. And oh, would it totally. play weird laughing music at the end when oh, the dice actually land a- in the bucket? I could have a soundboard for that. Yeah, or a scream or something. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's when we set up the live version at a yeah, right. convention. <gasps> Dude. Ooh. Okay, stop it. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Save it for bonus points. Oh, my God. <laughs> when we design the don't go in there live game. Wow. Ooh. Don't go in there. Okay. Yeah, maybe we'll talk to the publishers Lark about should. it. That'd Who wants to see it? it? We want to know, fans. Who wants yeah. to see us design a don't go in there live yeah. game? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my gosh. About it. <laughs> we could do it in a heartbeat. All right. All right, so the uh, you know the art was fine and spooky, but not too spooky, right? Mm-hmm. PG thirteen. No, no, keep, keep it PG thirteen, I think. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah not gory right. and nothing like that. You know, just uh, you know, definitely Halloween theme. Mm-hmm. Halloween. So you're supposed to have the m- enough, but not too many of these. What is it? Don't have the most ghosts. Yeah. yeah, well, you're trying yeah. to avoid ghosts because whoever has the most ghosts gets uh, 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 bonus points. Negative, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bonus, bonus points, right, yeah. But, and, but, but of course, the game scores like golf, so you're trying to avoid points or curses in the oh, game. Right, right. Your points are curses. Like, you don't want to be the most cursed. You just want to be less cursed than your neighbors. Yeah, because <laughs> you'll get, you get uh, one negative point, base, or, you know, one positive point, which is bad in this game. For every two ghosts that you have, only if you have the most. Everybody yeah. else doesn't get penalized for it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Only okay. the most of the ghosts. The ghosts oh, with man. the most. Everyone the else does not get, suffer <laughs> yeah. that, that curse. Penalty. And then you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're going into these rooms to get item cards. And these item cards, of course, are cursed as well and give you, well, points. So you're trying to get the card with the least points. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, not only... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And so... It's an interesting push-pull there because will you stick yourself in turn order of, the, of that room? Like, okay, you go in first. No flashlight for you. You get the full ghost experience, and <laughs> but you get first pick. Or right. you go, go in last, and you like, oh, well, I got like three flashlights. That means I can scare away at least three ghosts if they show up. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, that's all there is. It's interesting because the cards that are kind of up for auction in each room have a number of dice that you're going to roll attached to them too. So you're going to roll random dice that are, I think, about a 50-50 chance to have a ghost on them. Mm. Um, so if, if a room has only like 
the cards only add up to three, then you only roll three dice. If you, if it adds up to five, you roll five dice. Mm-hmm. But you could still get oh, okay. very lucky and not get any ghosts on any of those dice. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How well, many ghosts are on a die? You get nothing but ghosts. Yeah, I think it's 50 50. <laughs> yeah, I think it's three out of six. Yeah. Three out of six. And yeah. each each side of the die only has one ghost, right? There's, there's no, no like double no ghost double die. Ghosting. Yeah. We thought we talked about <laughs> that. I have expected we a double ghost face. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no. you would think. You'd think. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dice looked cool. They had like spooky ghosts. Like different kinds of ghost faces. Yeah, with on different the expressions. Side. Different. Oh, map. so BGA showed the dice. They did a good job with that. Yeah. Did sure. they roll? Mm, uh, I, I don't recall. If I thought I heard a rolling tumbling. noise, maybe, but I didn't you see hear it. the rolling noise. But I don't think you really see them roll. Mm-hmm. roll. I mean, com- yeah. there's no way to compare it to the yeah. to the in person way of no, going. No, of course not. So, oh, one of the tricks about scoring actually is not only are you trying to just get the cards with the lowest value, but each type of card has a set collection like bonus to it basically mm-hmm. where like for one of them I think it's if you get an exact number of total curse points on them it negates all the curse points for that grouping. You're or right. yeah, one of them is like have the most of one and it'll it'll give you a bonus or take away all but one of the cats I think it is. So, you know, well, they all one have their of them allowed you to collect three of them you get to flip over a card face down to score nothing for you something like that. Mm-hmm. So yep. not yeah, not only is this worker placement and push your luck, but it's set collection. Mm-hmm. So really, really good blend of mechanics throughout this game. Mm-hmm. How's the pacing? Fine. Pretty yes. quick. Yeah, quick. didn't feel too long because 25, no. 35 minutes of like going through haunted house and like yeah. avoiding ghosts. Sounds like it could get tedious. Yeah, there's enough to think about in your downtime during your turn because you're watching where other people are placing their meeples and you have to you have to make strategic decisions. Mm-hmm. As to exactly where you want to put your card. Because if you're the third mm-hmm. meeple on a card, that activates the room effectively. And then mm-hmm. the drafting begins. You may not want to be the person to do that. So you may want to go to a different room and then mm-hmm. start judging it based on other criteria. Like, oh, how many ghosts do I have to suffer mm-hmm. in this room? So you have, you're constantly making um, um, changes to your, strat- to, to your strategy yeah. a bit as it goes. And if, oh, you're, okay. if you're the third person or the last person, depending on the number of players, to put a... To fill up a room, basically. So once it gets three meeples on it, then you make the roll. So nobody knows how many ghosts are going to come out until then. But if you're the last one, you get to roll the dice, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And so that's another decision. That is cool. Yeah. And can we go back to the dice tower for just a second? Uh-huh, uh-huh. It looks like the dice tower is set up so that the windows in the front of the tower are open. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see the glowing dice through the yeah. windows as they come, come down. down. Yeah, that's what it yeah, seems like. Yeah. Back that way, yep. It, uh-huh. it is one of the more impressive dice towers in a game I've seen. Most, yeah. most you don't usually see a, a free dice tower with your game. That's really cool. <laughs> and you're seeing the ghosts move around inside the mm-hmm. building. Yeah, uh, This right. game is clever <laughs> yeah. all the way around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Celeste, when you complete a room as well, mm-hmm. you don't just reset the room and start over. You flip the card and a new room is revealed, mm. which has different criteria. And each room also has a special ability once it's filled up. It may be like you have the, if you know, you can re-roll the dice one time or, mm-hmm. you know, do make make slight adjustments. So there's, there's okay. constant little yeah. rules at play. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, set up and set up and everything is quick. Like, you know, I think and the choices that you make are quick, too. That's why the downtime is so short is because okay. all you're doing is adding the three cards and then placing a meeple. Like, that's it. It's the only thing mm-hmm. you need to do. 
<laughs> You're like, ah, what's in there? Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm, right. Yeah, I'm going ahead of you on the staircase. Ah, ghosts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I really want that card. Yeah. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury. Don't go in there. <laughs> Mike? You know, although dice hate me, and despite a fair bit of randomness from the cards that get flipped and the dice that you roll, I had fun. Uh, the real tricks and treats here are the risk management and building of combos to keep the fear at bay. And I definitely would dig this up. Evan? Don't go in there. It's a good-looking and well-designed fun game. Spooky, yet not corny. And it's the little extra things like those glow-in-the-dark dice that make this game a real treat to look at, as well as a solid game to play. Dig it up. Ed? Don't go in there. Pajent is themed very well. The gameplay is light and random, so strategic <laughs> gamers may not find what they seek here. But <laughs> as a light, casual game, it might be just a treat you need, so dig it up. <laughs> well, which games do you unearth for a spooky time? You. Let us know. We are at Which Game First on all social media. Mike, Ed, Evan, what's yeah. going on with Which Game First? Well, as a reminder, every Monday night, Which Game First, a board game podcast, is playing a game live, and we are broadcasting it on Twitch and on Facebook and on YouTube. And we would love for you to come and join us. Help us figure out these new games as we explore. We need your help, most certainly. I know, oh I, gosh, I, know yes. I need your help. I will be the first <laughs> one to admit that. Yeah. And it's every Monday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And don't forget, we also do a lot of interaction with you, such as trivia with the audience. So tons of fun to be had. I'm telling you, some of these games, I mean, playing them while recording a video online, <laughs> it is a lot. There's a lot going on. It is always helpful to get a tip from the audience. I yeah. deeply appreciate them. Absolutely. So don't ever think you're uh, gamersplaining to me. I appreciate tips all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I like it when people mock me a little bit for my bad luck, too. So feel free to do that. It's actually all in good fun, and I enjoy it. That's the smart one. He keeps quiet during the Monday Night Games because oh, he's actually concentrating sneaky. on trying to win. That's not Man. smart. That's sneaky. Boring, and oh, trying to win. <laughs> Makes us do all the entertainment while well, he actually got to do the gaming. <laughs> hey, guys, I made a prototype for PAX U. That's right. By playing all these mm. games and talking about building games, I got the itch again and went into my uh, went into my archives and I pulled out a game I hadn't played in a while that I remember being fun and uh, that I was like, mm, maybe three quarters of the way done so i'm polishing it up a little bit to play it there so if you are there i want you to come join me for nice. this game give me some good feedback even if Ooh. it's harsh i want to hear it oh that sounds like fun that's oh, packs yeah. unplugged what is that uh december one through december three. one to three yeah yeah first weekend in december and mm -hmm. on Silly. saturday at packed unplugged we'll be teaching a couple of games yeah that's oh. right yeah we're doing uh uh, two games for learning play. So look us out on Saturday. Yeah. Woohoo. Yep. And as usual, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, we are closing in on some pretty big anniversaries we'll be talking about soon. And coming up, we're going into the winter season. We'll mm -hmm. have our firsties mm -hmm. wrapping up the year soon. Maybe some holiday special episodes. So keep your ears peeled for oh, that. Yeah. We'll hope to 
help keep you in the spirit of the holidays and not get all bah humbuggy. <laughs> and thank you so much for our patrons. We want to thank you for your generosity. For just $3 a month, you could become a patron. Uh, and you will get access to our patron-only podcast called Bonus Points. Bonus points. <laughs> and its entire back catalog. There are dozens of episodes for you to enjoy, and it is just $3 a month. Come and check it out. Also, you'll get access to our Discord channel that is for patrons only, where we are chatting with our patrons all the time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Our next game up this week is Acropolis, designed by Jules Massad, published by, I'm going to say, Gigamic. <laughs> Gigamic, okay. yeah. I think Gigamic, yeah, I, I think that's, that's how you pronounce it. G-I-G-A-M-I-C. <laughs> In 2022, number of players, one to four, ages eight and up, playtime, 20 to 30 minutes. Okay, Mike, what's in this pretty box? The cover of the box is a bird's eye view of an ancient labyrinthine Grecian city showing three proud citizens carrying various tributes between enormous burning braziers at the top of the stairs of a huge columned building. Inside we see 61 city tiles, four starting tiles, 40 stone cubes, one chief architect marker, four player aid cards, and a score pad. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game was well-built, Evan, mm -hmm. construct us some rules. Acropolis, it's a tile drafting game in which you are an architect in ancient Greece trying to construct the grandest of neighborhoods. On your turn, you're going to draft a tile and pay for it with stone, but the leftmost tile is always free, so you always have that. You are trying to place your tiles in a way to get the most points out of the various types of structures that are on the tiles. Now, on the tiles, there are, there are areas, and they're color-coded. Housing, temples, markets, gardens, and barracks, not to mention quarries. And each type of building scores differently. For example, the orange-colored areas, those are the barracks. And they will only score if they lie on the edges of the city or the neighborhood that you're building. Whereas purple tiles, those are housing, and they must be surrounded by all other tiles on all sides in order for them to score. Some tiles also have stars, actually all the tiles, well, not the quarries, but uh, all the other colored tiles have stars of matching colors. And these are the all-important multipliers for those specific scoring areas. And you can also build upwards. Stack your tiles up to three in height for even more points. Now, it requires more stone to build upwards, so don't neglect your quarries. Points are totaled at the end of the game. Once the tiles run out, the most points win. And the winner becomes the grand architect of Acropolis. And everyone else's district is just plain crap. Acropolis. <laughs> <laughs> well, you played this game on Board Game Arena. How did it look? Uh, it looked pretty good. You actually got like a, a 3D view of the game. Ooh. Yes. Mm -hmm. you, yeah. And you need that because, as I mentioned in the rules, this game stacks up to, up to three high. So you do have to be able to see it. In, mm -hmm. in those three dimensions. You can't just have a bird's eye view of the board. Mm. Okay, I see that the, the pictures on the hexes look really tiny. Mm -hmm. Do you think they were clear enough? Uh, I mean, the colors separated them into what you needed to know about them, but like, as far as like it looking like a nice city, 
because of all the colors and the clutteredness of it, it didn't feel like I was building a city by looking mm. at it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there isn't some nice details. I mean, when I'm looking close at that green tile, I can see a nice little, you know, the nice green grass and there are shrubberies and a nice little pool in it. So it's a pretty tile. Um, but the information you need to get out of it, just the color. Yeah, it's the color. Just it's the a color, color code. The color and the really. stars, basically. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Oh, it's stars. stars. Stars are all it's about, baby. You yeah. want to get all <laughs> the stars you can. That's right. <laughs> don't, don't, yeah. And don't no forget stars. the quarry. The quarry is important, too. Yeah, what? <laughs> like, it's all about the stars. Only yeah, the stars, for those but quarries. also the quarries. And the quarries. <laughs> and also the colors. And, um... and yeah. <laughs> So how was the symbology, or rather the reference card? It doesn't look like there's much in the way of symbology there. No, there's not much symbology. There, there's a couple of ways to play, basically, where you can either do the very simple scoring where they all score exactly the same way, or you have the where each one scores differently, which adds a little bit of brain burn to it, because now <laughs> you have to pay attention. Okay, how did the red one score? Okay, mm-hmm. does, now I want to go, oh, but the, the, the gold one do it differently. Ah, mm. Yeah, I and think it needs that to make it more it interesting, honestly. But for and kids, Ev- you might want to go with a very simple version. Mm-hmm. Or for me. <laughs> uh, so, Evan, um, you wanted the tile. It had to be the perfect tile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But- yeah, and Mike took it. Of course. <laughs> of course I took it. Uh, I, there's, there's definitely a, an element of like, you know, taking something that's just too good for somebody else okay. to have. Right. Oh, yes, it could that- be, definitely. So is a good tile a good tile for everybody, or is it really specific to what people are doing? I think it's more specific to what people are doing, especially in the version where everything scores differently. Like, you know, my perfect tile might not be the same as Evan's for sure. Mm. No, but okay. right. But the, here's the thing, Celeste. Each tile is not just a tile. It's three in one. Mm-hmm. It's a triple yes, hex connected tile. So it's mm-hmm. one tile, but it has three hexes all connected when you take it. Therefore, every tile has three opportunities for you. That's what you're really kind of mm-hmm. bidding on. Therefore, Mike is, has an eye on that tile with the blue. Yeah, but I have the same tile because it has the green. I need it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Mike took it. Right, yeah. right, right. Or, or so you might all be. perfect shape yep. for me to stick it on top of other tiles and make a connection. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it has to be fully on top of other tiles when you stack it. Um, yeah, which, you can't be hanging off the edges. You can't have exactly. these hanging mm-hmm. level layers and stuff. Yeah, which is important because, you know, when you do choose the tile and then go to place it, you might think, oh, I've got the perfect spot for it. But then you realize you're kind of covering up something else that was scoring with some other thing. And you might like split up a grouping or something like that. So you got to be very, very careful at not only how, what tile you choose, but kind of how, how you turn it to place it. Yeah, because you might have just made your blue tiles awesome, but at the cost of separating out those red. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, don't you hate when that happens? Yes, yeah. positioning is brutal. <laughs> it takes especially, so much yeah, like robo dance yeah. too. Especially when you have to like give back points that you were building no. up for the first half of the game, and what now? I'm just ter- you know, I'm basically covering it up and getting nothing for it. That's you know, frustrating. I mean, that's essentially negative points, right, Mike? Yeah, kind of. It, it takes away from your, your thing you were building. You just got to be very, very careful. You can, yeah, only you can neg yourself. But building oh. up has its advantages. Oh, Any yeah. tile that is higher gets more points for mm-hmm. each level up. Oh, yeah. you're on the second level now, tile? Double points. 
Oh, you're on the third level now? Triple point. (laughs) It kind of makes a theme for your city a little bit that way, you know? Like, you have this center of your city with all the blue tiles, and you stack another hefty blue tile on top of it, and it makes your city kind of a, uh, I don't know, industrial? I don't know which blue stands for, but yeah. They all have their own kind of, like, theme to them. Uh, Their own SimCity style. (laughs) Yeah, 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 barracks and stuff like that, yeah. The no, creative, the art mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. That's cool. <laughs> so <clears throat> I like that. I like, science. <laughs> <laughs> I like setting up cities by that. I mean, it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. That's the right thing to have to look at when you're designing your city. So mm-hmm. I like that aspect of it. Um, so uh, who won this game? I don't remember. I might have won. I seem to recall i have to go back and look hey you can watch it on youtube by the way which came first to go to our youtube channel hit subscribe and like we have to and uh (laughs) remind us please of who won i seem to recall claiming victory in the game yeah you might because i had an awesome multiplier on my green which are the garden areas the nice thing about the gardens is they can be anywhere there weren't any rules saying it has to border this oh yeah Greens were anywhere you saw green, you're good. So I went high with my greens, and I went wild with the stars on my greens. And I think I love that. I feel like I recall me and Ed arguing over who has to steal the green tile from Evan, so he doesn't (laughs) just run away with the score. Now that you mention it, (laughs) thank you both for king making me. I love that. I love that you can just place a green space everywhere. It's like you're designing, and you're like, oh, what are we gonna do with this spot? Open space, you know, just nice open here. space. Yeah. Forget about it. Open nice space. We don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Here, everybody can go there. Yay! It's yeah. a park. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this this game has that classic like uh, decision to make where you have things that have a specific value, and then you have a multiplier. So you have to decide: Do you want more tiles of that color, or do you want more potent tiles of that color? You know what I mean? And, and you're always constantly doing the math. Every time you place a tile, which kind of yeah. slows the game down, but also kind of makes mm. it interesting for me because I'm a math nerd. Yeah, yeah I get yeah, that. And just to follow up, simple. Evan did rock this game out. Oh, he won yeah. Yeah. with a score of 134. With Ooh, Mike well, Evan. with 112. Yeah. Yeah. Our third with 108. I credit my ancestors from Greece. <laughs> Yes, ancient Grecian architect. Very nice, Evan. You missed your calling. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, I was well, born. One like thing two, I'm kind of wondering about with the scoring, <laughs> because of the mic you were talking about it, is like, we played this on board gaming. It instantly tells you your score. You plop that tile onto uh-huh. you, instantly got it. I was yeah, just yeah, going to ask that. Lower oh, score, very helpful. Yes, but I was just going to ask that. You might not be doing that math ahead of time. No. You might be like, hey, I just got four more science points. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, yeah. with his slide rule, trying to figure out, okay, if I place this tile, here's how all this changes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That that I was just going to ask them. Like Board Game Arena usually does a good job of telling you exactly what you're doing when you're placing something. Yeah, and that definitely. is super handy. What a fantastic guide that is. So any game where you're like going up and down with placement, BGA is a huge benefit yeah. to try it out yeah. there first before buying it just to get an idea or even buy it and then play it on BGA yeah. <laughs> to get an idea of how to play yeah. it. How do I play the game? Yeah. 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 Honestly, when you see the score moving, you're like, oh, that's you can figure it. You can backtrack and go. That's why that score happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. That happens a lot with BGA, but this game definitely benefits from it. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Acropolis. Evan? 
Acropolis was fast to learn, easy to play. It goes relatively quickly. It's one of those games where you just want to go back and explore more ways to achieve victory. So dig it up. Mike? All right, so this set collection game was fine to play online, very helpful with the scoring, but the AP and difficult to track scoring in person would be a real challenge. Um, I was on the fence about this one, so I didn't write my dig up or bury conclusion yet. I decided to let the conversation sway me, and actually after talking about it, I think I will dig this up. Yeah. (laughs) Ed? Building up your city is clever and fun. It's not super deep. And Austin doesn't necessarily have the high curb appeal, but it's a very nice light strategy game that gets you to think in the third dimension. So (laughs) dig it up to lay down the perfect tile. (laughs) (laughs) Which city building games bring out the architect in you? Let us know. We are at which game first on social media. Our last game up this week is... Pirates, designed by Oliver, I'm going to go with Eaglehalt. Oliver Eaglehalt, published by Eaglespiel Games in 2021. Number of players, two to four, ages seven and up. Playtime, 15 to 30 minutes. All right, Mike, what's in the box? The cover of the box shows an irate pirate on the shore of a (laughs) tropical island crawling out of a hole he recently dug, holding a shabby flintlock pistol and wearing a skull, bicorn hat, and a menacing scowl. Inside, we unveil four spade cards, 50 treasure cards, one treasure scorecard, and 12 score cubes. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game is more pie than rats, <laughs> I, what will happen to talk like a pirate? Day? Is it, it's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Where, still when a did thing. it was November? It? Wasn't it earlier this month? Uh, <laughs> I think it was it in February. I, I don't think know. It was Who a knows? few months ago, yeah. Yar, Evan, <laughs> tell us the rules, which are of course more like guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pirates is how it is. P i r a t z, pirates. So. Don't, <laughs> Make sure you pronounce it correctly. It's a press-your-luck card game in which you're collecting treasures to outdo everyone else. Yeah. The deck consists... So, decks. Yeah, cards. The deck consists (laughs) of 50 treasure cards, with each card showing one or more items on it. Now, these items can be any of six different types of treasure and or a rat. Each player also will receive a shovel card. On your turn, you're going to you're going to either reveal the top card from the deck and place it face up on the table, or you can just pass and then collect cards. We'll come back to that in a second. If you reveal a card that has a rat on it, so you played the top card from the deck and it has a rat on it, and there's already a rat visible on the table from a prior play, you have to go ahead and take one of those two rat cards and put it in your collection. But if you pass on revealing a card, Then you choose a type of treasure and collect all the cards that have that treasure on it. So let's say I'm going to take the coins. Any face-up cards with coins on it, even if there are other treasures on those cards or even rats on them, I pick them up and I put them into my pile. After taking one or more cards, place your shovel. This is where the shovel comes in. Mm -hmm. Place it on one of the face-up treasure cards. You're going to bury some treasure that's remaining out there. But then you have to wait until all the other players have taken their turns and come to the round where they've placed their shovels. 
So the last player has an advantage. They can flip as many cards as they want. But once you get two rats, you're forced to take one of the rats. Mm. All right. At the end of that round, you reclaim your shovel. You remove the covered cards from play. They go into a separate little pile. Then you continue to do this until that entire deck of 50 cards is exhausted. If not all players have placed their shovels at that point, you shuffle the removed cards and continue play until all shovels have been placed. We'll come mm-hmm. back to that when we talk about it, too. I had a problem there. For each, tre- <laughs> So there are different treasure types, right? There's rings, there's coins, and so forth. Six different types. You count how many of those items you have on all the cards that you've collected. And the player, if in a three- or four-player game, the player who has the most and second-most points will mm-hmm. score appropriately. And then you add up all your scores to see who ultimately wins and becomes the Pirates of the Seven Seas. <laughs> so a lot going on in this mm-hmm. game. I know. it's a, It does. You, for such a simple looking game, you seem to have a lot of rules because, am I correct? Is this a language free game? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. Language it is. independent. Yeah. So there, it's that's language independent. Yeah, very well. You know. Oh, in you, fact, you essentially just got a deck of cards and a scorecard with some random cubes thrown on it, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go and do what I did, which was try to look up a video for the rules on this game, you'll find <laughs> two of them. <laughs> They're both in French. <laughs> um, so you know, good luck, and <laughs> no English ones until, of course, we published our. Um, playthrough of this game now there is an actually an english one out there oh yeah (laughs) when i was googling it this morning just to prep uh, on the script we were the first thing that came up yeah actually we are and um because there's so little about this game and actually all three of the games that we are talking about today on this episode are ones that we recorded videos for. So you can check those out on Facebook or YouTube, see that we uh, played the game. You can check out the game and what it looks like. So uh, there's another opportunity (laughs) to watch us look like idiots while playing this game. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, how did you like the look of it on yukata.de? Yukata. That's the other thing. Yeah, back to Yukata. See, uh, isn't that the official online board game platform of which game first? (laughs) <laughs> it, it is we oh, that contract, yeah, yeah. but yeah yeah it's our favorite 2003 designed uh website <laughs> the art's cute it's like a little hand drawn like you can see like that it was like you know well i mean it's probably done with a computer but like you know the lines are like not perfect and you know everything is like kind of cute hand drawn yeah it's colored pencils sketch mm-hmm. right yeah yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah, they did a really good job of making it look amateurish without actually being mm-hmm. amateurish. Right. Exactly, yeah. So it, right. it's it's got a really nice um, welcoming look to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it's correct for the theme, I think. Certainly. I yeah. mean, you got to be doing something right when you make rats look like cool pirates. <laughs> yeah, the little true. rat mateys had good expressions, actually. They were pretty cool. <laughs> 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 they're doing all sorts of things pushing yeah. pushing up going through <laughs> holes i love it <laughs> all right all right so uh evan you were talking a lot about rules there but this game seems so simple how did it play did it feel complex to get the hang of no no not no. okay not good at all. no not at all okay so here's how it works the, the three the, us three guys played all right 
I, I, let's say I start, all right, I turn over a card, boom, it's face up on the, on the table now. Okay. Mike's turn. He turns over a card. Now there's two cards up on the table. Ed's turn. Mm -hmm. He's going to turn over a card, right? So, and you basically are going to either do that, continue to do that until one of two things happens. A second rat pops up and then you're forced to take a card or you choose to say pass. And once you say you have like six of those cards face up, ooh, and there's a bunch of coins there. There's like eight, you know, six coins mm -hmm. among the six cards. I'm going to take some coins now. So I mm -hmm. take up all the cards with coins. Then I throw my shovel down, covering up something else, mm. which comes into play later. And then, mm. the, and then Mike and Ed are going to continue to repeat that entire process. I sit out the rest of that round while they okay. uh, while they yeah. continue to go get their cards. Yeah, that's so, what you're doing. So the last yeah. person might now have a chance to run away with it, as it were, as long as he doesn't draw two rats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big advantage, last player there. Yeah, actually, first player. You know, has I'd a... be flipping cards like crazy. I know. I was thinking oh, the same. You would press yeah. your luck all day long. Yeah, I would press That's... my luck too hard, too. <laughs> but, like, honestly, um, going out first has a big advantage because, you know, I, well, let me explain one thing quick and it'll make more sense. So, every card, if they have multiple symbols on them, when you, you basically choose a card to chew, to pick, and then you choose one of the symbols that's on that card, and you take all the other cards that have that symbol. So, if if every card has a coin on it, you get every single card if you pick mm -hmm. coin and a card mm -hmm. with coin. That makes mm -hmm. sense? All right. Yeah. So um, so you got to be really careful. Like you can, you can get the symbols you want without even picking the symbol off of that card. You pick a different symbol and you get a bunch of other cards that have more stuff on them, including the stuff that you want. Right. And right. On top of that, you put your spade, your shovel mm -hmm. on top of another card, which is effectively denial. Oh, yep. I know you wanted those pearls. No pearls. It's a block. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, a block. So going out first has that advantage too. Yeah. So <laughs> did you guys strategize to go out first or were was were one of you more likely to push your luck at the end? It kind of depended on the situation because you're trying to keep track of what other people have. And not everything is particularly valuable. One of the random setups is there's that scorecard we talked about when you throw these cubes on it. Mm -hmm. And those cubes can be worth four points for the golden one or one for the black one. Yeah. So you might be looking at those like, yeah, those are nice little shark teeth things, but they're only worth one point whether I've come in first or second. Do yeah. I really need to collect those? That, that was actually one of the cool replayable scoring things in this game is that Every game, you're going to randomly choose those cubes, and first and second place could be worth the same amount. So you might not care if you come in second. Like, one of, one of the cards was a 1-1, one, one, which was shells, and everybody's like, well, I don't need yeah, shells. why would you go after shells? Why would you mm. go after shells when, you know, something else, like cannonballs or whatever, pearls, whatever it was. It's hard to tell what they were. But uh, it could be worth <laughs> four and three. So even first and second place are both really valuable, you know? So that or the first one could be worth four, and the second place could be worth one. Mm -hmm. The third place worth zero, so you really want to be in first place. Yeah, it makes the dynamics for each thing that you score totally different every game. That's and, very cool. And mm -hmm. here's another tweak to that. There aren't the same number of treasures for each type of treasure. There mm -hmm. are only 15 gold rings, but there's mm -hmm. 25 seashells in the deck. Mm -hmm. So if, if a bunch of rings are coming up, those are harder to get. Mm -hmm. And if the score is nice on that, you may that that will influence when you decide to pick up when you want to end, end your turn. You may not want to 
press your luck and allow it to go so that the other players are flipping up a bunch of cards until it comes to you again just so you can get that extra maybe ring that you're going at. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that will make a very different scoring experience mm-hmm. then. You I know, mean, it's like an, another Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, another thing that made it really interesting was that there was not a lot of hidden information. In other words, like they're online, you could actually see what cards are still left in the deck. So you know how many rats there are, how many whatever. Yeah. You can make your calculations. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The distribution was listed as you went? Face up. <laughs> wow. Like you know what's left in the deck still. Yeah, you can you can look. It lets you it gives you that information. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know I, I don't recall reading that in the rule book itself. I don't know if that's because it is in beta on mm-hmm. UCOT. I don't know if that has something to do with it. Right. But yeah, essentially you could see yeah, you could see what cards have not yet been brought up and you, you or come maybe up just with your you rat ratio. It. Mm-hmm. Maybe Yukata is just doing the inevitable notebook. They're work doing the notebook. Yeah. Could be, or it could be a rule. I may have missed that rule, but yeah, yeah I don't remember seeing that in the rules either. But um, it is definitely playing to uh, Mikey's heart here, where oh, they were giving yeah. you the information so you didn't have the notebook. Love that, right? <laughs> yeah, so it. good. Good on Yukata for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think even in showing what other people had, which I think it's not necessarily no open information either. I think if you were playing in person, you take those treasure tiles, you put them face down, and it's a memory game. Yeah, that's well, right. Well, in Yukata, it's not a memory game. Which I appreciate it. Thank you. Right. Yes, yeah, so I think the <laughs> two are a little bit different in that respect. Mm. Uh, I've, I've actually seen another game before at a convention. I think maybe you were there with me too, Ed, where there's a game called Pie Rats, like P-I-E dash rats mm-hmm. right, <laughs> where, yeah. where you're like rat pirates trying to collect pie as your treasure <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so what is it with this particular pun that made more multiple game designers make a game called pirates well i mean <laughs> you're pirates and rats they're they're you know often together in I know. <laughs> story so that's why and it yeah and it works pirates. it just works <laughs> okay yeah. explorers it is time to mm-hmm. dig up or bury this particular Pirates. Pirates. <laughs> what say you, Ed? This is a shut collection game, and those little rats, or pirates, <laughs> are hiding the best <laughs> treasure, if you feel lucky. It doesn't feel all that deep to me, but it's the filler game. And there's just enough here for me to give it another try, so I'll give it a light read. Mike? You know, at first glance, this is just like a simple set collection game with kind of a cheeky pirate theme going on. Uh, but some of the additions, like the variable scoring for each of the treasures and some really consequential pressure luck decisions to make, I, I think it was actually it punched uh, punched up a little bit here. It's worth yeah. the doubloons. Dig it up. Evan? Uh, Pirates was, in a way, <laughs> deceptively clever. Uh, I didn't hold out much hope for this game. I judged the book by its cover, and that's my lesson I learned here. <laughs> this game has more push and pull and strategy than it lets on. It was surprisingly fun. Dig it up. Which pirate or pirate game has you seeking the booty? Let us know. <laughs> we are at which game first on all social media. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing from you about all the game exploring you're doing. If you'd like more perks and content from us and our show, just go to our website, click on Become a Patron, and you will get access to our patron-only podcast. Bonus points! (laughs) Bonus points! 
Join our chat on our Discord server anytime. We're always there. We are at Witch Game First on all social media. Happy Gaming Explorers. I'm going in there. I'm going in there. I don't care. I'm going in there. But don't go in there. I'm a Safe and sound at home again. Let the Let water, water roll, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we need um, to sing shanties now. We'd be kicked off that shit. <laughs> <laughs> what the plan, you pirate? 